of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan, and this is the podcast exclusively about animation springing from the world of comic books. Welcome to a very exciting special episode. Not only is this episode 50... But this is the one-year anniversary episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. That's right, we're celebrating one year, giving you the best and brightest of comic book animation. Who would have thought one year ago we started this, and today we're celebrating with episode 50. Before we get into it, I'm going to explain the rules. Comic book animation, I say it every week, you should know that by now. Rule number two, big fan of DC Comics Presents Marvel Team-Up Brave and the Bold. Team Up Comic Book, so it's a Team Up podcast every week. Me and a special guest talking superhero and comic book animation. And third, and most importantly, we got to have fun. Real quick, before we uh, start the show, I just want to thank everyone who's ever subscribed or shared or listened to one of my episodes. I never thought this would happen. A year ago, I said I was going to do this for at least a year, and here we are. And it's been a lot of fun. want to thank first my wife, Jamie, who's been supportive. And uh, been behind me 100%. I want to thank all the guests that have been on the show. I can't thank everybody. I've had so many, but I want to thank everyone. And I want to thank most of all my editor, my pal, Michael Crockett, who has helped me with ideas for the show, with my social media and editing the show. And thank all of you for tuning in and listening. So we've been counting down, bringing back our five most popular guests here for the anniversary episode. We are bringing... The guest from the most popular episode in the history of Matt Spector through the multiverse. Welcome back to the multiverse, my niece, Delaney. Hello. I have proven myself the most powerful guest. I welcome any challengers. Welcome back. First time you were here, we talked Justice League Secret Origins. So we're, we're kind of going back to the same well of stuff I watched or franchises I watched in my childhood and seeing if I still think they're good years and years later. What do you think? Was it uh, the subject matter? Or, or are you just that popular? Uh, you have an online presence that I don't know about. What makes you head and shoulders above all my other guests? Well, I think we determined it was that, well, at least partially that I posted about it on my blog and said, hey, like I did made multiple posts mentioning the show i was like hey people i did this thing and so did other people in my family but also i think the subject matter the the show we talked about justice league is like pretty pretty popular so probably that was also a factor a lot of people wanted to hear that or you know i'm just just so so darn charming you can't resist so uh listen out guests you want to be popular get yourself a blog apparently so We've been bringing back the five most popular. Your brother is actually was one of them. He was the uh, fifth most popular guest in the history of our show. Must run in the family. 
Um, I suppose so. Uh, did we both beat Dad? Both me and James? Yes, your father is not in the uh, top five, and he's been on twice. <laughs> that that wasn't wasn't supposed to be a roast. Sorry, sorry, Dad. Not not trying to like blast you on air or anything. All right, so I brought the five guests. I've completely handed the reins over, and I've let them pick the topic. What are we going to watch today, and why did you pick it? So it did occur to me, like, after I decided it, this is probably, like, one of the most random things we could be watching for your big, big anniversary episode. Like, I feel like maybe it could have lined up. We watched something more, like, major from, like, DC or Marvel. But you kind of, like, opened the floodgates when I found out that anime was allowed. I was not aware, going into this, that anime and manga counted. Well, manga is a comic book. I mean, you can call it manga, but it's still a comic book. So anything based on a comic book does count. And we've stretched the rules on some other episodes as well. First of all, I mean, full disclosure, I know next to nothing about uh, manga or anime. So I'm going to be, even though I'm the host, I'm going to be in the passenger seat for majority of this episode. But uh, what are we going to watch today? We'll not leave them in suspense any longer. We're watching Sailor Moon. Yeah. Love that show. Okay. Sailor Moon, full disclosure, uh, there's going to be spoilers. And like I said already, uh, I'm not an expert. My guess may be we're going to have a fun discussion. But uh, if we get something wrong, I apologize in advance. I can't decide if you pick this to uh, make me look stupid or just, uh, you know, I can't pronounce anything. So you picked (laughs) Japanese names on purpose that I can butcher. Well, when you did the the JoJo's episode a while back and I started thinking like, geez, is there anything like based on a manga that I would want to talk about? And I'm like, man, most of my top favorite anime are not based on manga or the manga was based on them so i'm just like man what's something that i like that is i can trace back to a manga and i was like oh hey sailor moon crystal i remember that being a good show so we'll go back to the uh comic book sailor moon which uh was originally published in back in 1991 and i I believe it born then (laughs) i believe it originally translated to the pretty Guardians of Sailor Moon, if uh, if I if I see this correctly, yeah, I don't, know I, if that's I don't a... think anyone like refers to the franchise <laughs> that way. But yeah, the full title is Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Now here we're gonna start right off the bat. Published by Kadansha or Kadonsha, I don't even know. So I apologize to them and anybody listening with this. And it was created by a uh, Nako Takahuchi, I believe is how you say. It. Takauchi is how I say it. You, you're probably right. I, I mean, I'm. I don't know Japanese any more than you do, bud. Uh, it was very popular, um, kind of ahead of its time because there hadn't been many back then. There were plenty of female superheroes, but this was like a whole team of superheroes, and uh, not a lot of that had been done. And I don't think much of it had been done in in manga or anime back in the early '90s. So this show is kind of interesting because it was like a mashup of genres almost because. Yep, the the magical girl cartoons that are very popular in Japan. You got, which pretty much always have a girl or a team of girls with magic powers and they transform into their alter egos. This is kind of credited for being the first one that had the girls be like fighting evil, fighting monsters and not just be like, oh, I'm learning a lesson or doing good deeds for my community. I don't want to say anything is the first anything because then some like historian's going <laughs> to dig up an earlier example, but it definitely popularized shows like this in Japan where this time the the team of superheroes can you know can be all girls and they can be you know fighting evil and doing romance and all that stuff that 
girls do? Question mark. What I read, uh, Nako had said she had one of the appeals to her was she wanted to do girls in outer space. I have a feeling maybe there was more to it, but maybe got a lot lost in translation <laughs> a little bit. And over the years, Sailor Moon comics have sold over 35 million copies. So it, it uh, was immensely popular. What do you think? I mean, there's no denying now that manga comics are killing comics in the West now more than ever. What do you think is uh, the appeal of them that have lasted so long that a lot of the Western comics are really running out of steam in the last couple of years? I feel like they're easier to follow almost or like easier to jump into because a lot of Western comic books do like a shared universe where there's like overlapping series. And there is like some like manga that have like a shared universe as well and do stuff like that. But usually it's like if you want to read this Batman character, you have to start in like issue seven of this series. And then their next appearance was issue 40 of this other series. And then they got their own series. Then that was canceled. Then they got a mini series, stuff like that. If you want to read a manga, you start in chapter one and then you go. So um, there was a cartoon anime back in the 90s. I believe it started in 1992. That was just Sailor Moon. That was immensely popular, which um, pretty much uh, took over in Japan. Didn't come to the, to the United States till 1997, but it became very popular here as well. Not only the comic, they had the anime. They've had musicals. Uh, some of the theme parks in Japan supposedly have Sailor Moon rides. Uh, ice skating shows i believe there's even a live action show at some point okay, the the ice skating thing i had not heard about before before you mentioned this all that all the other stuff like there's a ton of stage musicals uh which i, I could just go on about because they're so insane and weird i knew there was like a yeah theme park attraction I know there's been like books like prose books not comic books there's the manga series uh so much merchandise some video games makeup and jewelry themed lines um so the original cartoon anime ended it ran until 1997 we're going to be talking uh when they brought it back sailor moon crystal which is not it's from what i've understood it's not really a sequel more of a reboot of the series so the original anime that ran in the 90s like followed the beats of the manga but they like expanded things changed things some stuff got moved around Sailor Moon Crystal, yeah, was like a reboot that tried to stick as close to the manga as possible. Like a chapter of the manga is adapted right into an episode. I think there's still like some changes to the plot, but it's like marketed basically as being like much closer to the original source material than the 90s show was. Well, um, one of the uh, Nako herself had criticized a little bit. The original series said that the writing staff was all of the anime was all men. So she felt the original cartoon took a little bit more of a male perspective than she intended when she did the original manga series. I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. You Maybe you can share some in insight if that's true or not. I don't know a whole lot about the behind-the-scenes stuff of the creation of the anime. I do know there was this kerfuffle about how one of the anime's directors really didn't like Sailor Moon's love interest, Tuxedo Mask. Like, he, the director just didn't like that character, so tried to, like, downplay his role, make him less important in the story, and, like, have be, like, less of an active character, which I feel is not, like, super obvious when you're watching the anime, but there are parts where you compare to the manga, and it's like, in this arc of the manga, he's basically co-main character with Sailor Moon, and then in the anime version, he's in it for, like, five minutes, 
So. See, I'm not sure how a uh, series about girls in outer space with magic powers, fighting villains and whatnot, with a predominantly all-female cast, How I don't know what a male perspective of that looks like. Um, it makes me curious to see some examples of what that actually means. I know one other complaint was that in... In the original anime, the uh, character we're actually going to be talking about a lot today, Sailor Mars was like made like into sort of a different character. Where in the comic version, she's very calm and like sophisticated, and in the anime version, she's way more like hot headed and fiery and like getting into arguments with Sailor Moon all the time. For some people, that's like the version of the character they grew up with, and for some, it's like this is like completely different. You've like completely changed this character. So before we get into the specific episode, we're going to watch. Could you, in a nutshell, explain the immense popularity of Sailor Moon? It was very influential, like for basically the main reason we talked about that it had like girl superheroes. It had like a not exactly a diverse cast, I would say, but it had like a variety of female characters. Like there's a female race car driver. There's a like girl who loves the arcade. There's like a scientist girl, um, a girl who's very religious. So it had all these different like roles. It showed, like, this powerful female friendship and, like, the importance of girls as heroes. So, for, like, generations, this was, like, the idols that they looked up to. I don't know why, ex- if I can say, like, why exactly this show became, like, the, like, popular girls anime that got brought to the West. I don't know if it was just, like, something convenient for them to bring over and translate or if there's any particular reason it got, like, popular in America over other animes that were being brought over. I'll be honest, uh, before we uh, started having a conversation about doing this episode, all I knew about Sailor Moon was uh, in the early 2000s, there was very big cosplay. Um, (laughs) Other than that, I have no, before I started doing my research, I had no knowledge of it other than I knew it was anime. That was about it. So, Sailor Moon Crystal, we're going to be doing, uh, the episode is called Sailor Mars. I'm not sure if that's... The exact translation when you do it in English. It originally aired in August 2nd, 2014 in Japan. Aired in America, November 27th, 2015. I don't know. Toei Animation is what produced it. Originally ran on Tokyo MX. And uh, here we go. with a, Directed by Yoku I, I Oh my god. I, I, Akita, I believe is how you pronounce it. And written by uh, Yuji Kobayashi. That's uh, the best pronunciation you're going to get out of me. All the characters, obviously, were uh, created by... uh, 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 Just say her name for me. Naoko Takauchi. Thank you. We're going to go over uh, credit where credit is due. Since we watched the American version, we're going to go over the voice acting for the American version. And I only took characters that were relevant to this episode that we watched. Sailor Moon herself is uh, voiced by a Stephanie Shea, who's done a lot of uh, animation, uh, not only English dubs of anime, she had worked on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but she also is Crystal in uh, most of the Marvel animated films, Crystal of the Inhumans. She was also Katana on the uh, episode of DC Superhero Girls as well. Sailor Mercury, voiced by Kate Higgins, who is also, uh, which is a prominent theme I'm finding in anime, uh, if you've done one English dub of an anime, you've done plenty. She was on Cowboy Bebop, Naruto. Uh, she's just been on, I think she was on Digimon. She's She's been on quite a few of these uh, English dubs of anime. 
Um, I believe Kate Higgins was also the voice of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's sidekick Tails for a while. Could be right. Uh, she had a long list of credits when I looked her up, so uh, that is definitely plausible. Sailor Mars is uh, Christina V. She's done, like the others, has done lots of English dubs, Digimon. She worked on some of the Godzilla cartoons. They, uh, oh, yeah, she's well. been in a ton of stuff. I think she is a Canadian pop singer or something as well. I, I One of them is. I looked that up and I saw that at the time. Luna, the uh, talking cat, is voiced by Michelle Ruff, who again has done not only English dubs, but a ton of uh, video games as well. Michelle Ruff, I believe, also did voices in like the 90s cartoon. I don't think she was Luna, but I seem to recall her name in the cast of that version as well. Finally, uh, Jadette, is that how you say it? Jadette? Jadite? Jadette. <laughs> Jadite. A Todd, I don't even say Happer Kern did the voice again. <laughs> he did voiceover work for One Punch Man, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball, um, you name it. They've pretty much all done it. And that is the English voice acting because we watched the English version because. As you can tell, I can barely pronounce anything in Japanese. I'm not going to watch a cartoon where I won't understand a word they're saying. I did watch the, um, the subtitled version when the show first came out. Like, when Crystal was first coming out, I watched the first, like, dozen or so episodes. So this is technically my first time seeing the English dub version of this episode. And I don't know how recently you've seen it. Original Silver Moon? Silver Moon. <laughs> Original Sailor Moon or Sailor Moon Crystal, which is the, uh, the better anime? Oh, that is hard to say. Um, I feel like the original 90s version didn't age very well. At the time it was coming out, it was, like, huge. It was pre-revolutionary. It was hugely popular. I still think it's a good show. The, like, animation style I don't like as much as I did. I mean, this... I can never dislike it. It's, like, one of my biggest childhood shows. I had, like, two tapes of Sailor Moon when I was a little kid and watched them, like, on endless repeat, pretty much. Uh, so it's like a hugely nostalgic show for me, but I feel like the original 90s version was kind of a product of its time, and I don't feel like I'm really being negative on it, and I don't mean to be, but I, I don't know if I'd say Crystal is better. I think it's a matter of taste. I like the art style on Crystal like a lot more, but I know other people thought it looked bad when it first came out. Like They thought it looked too stiff, or like everyone looked the same like character face-wise. I think you should try both of them if you're going to try this show. Like I said, Crystal is shorter in terms of like how many episodes it is. It's like three seasons and two movies. Well, the original 90s show is like five seasons and three movies, I think. I think Crystal's easier to like get into and watch, but the, the original show still has its merits. On that note, you're going to take one person who knows nothing about it, one person who's their child of nostalgia, go on a journey with us as we watch Sailor Moon Crystal Sailor Mars. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I can't believe this. I totally can't believe this. The wait is over. It's time for Sailor Moon. Want to see action? I'll give it to you. Just what we've been waiting for. She's got bad grades. How can that be? We're friends and no fear. How cool is that? I am Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. I will right wrongs and triumph over evil, and that means you. We've got to help Sailor Moon find the Rainbow Crystal, since she can save the Earth from the evil Queen Barrel and her henchmen. 
Nasty. Look, Sailor Moon transforms with Moon Prism Power. Let's get going, Sailor Moon. The Sailor Scouts will help. Sailor Venus. Sailor Mars. Sailor Mercury. Sailor Jupiter. We'll protect the Earth. Bye-bye, Queen Barrel. Yay! Sailor Moon and the Sailor Scouts from Bandai. This revolting, utopian world should never have existed. Let us send an army into the past. Back to a time before the Moon Kingdom took over. History shall be reforged and the Black Moon will claim the future! It would seem that we have a new enemy. <gasps> Where are you taking her? <gasps> <laughs> Too bad, no more pets. But she left me such a lovely present. <gasps> if the Black Moon wants a fight, then I'll give him one. Chibiusa, you can travel in time. You need to take us all to the future. No! Oh no! Oh, Sagi! None shall pass. It is forbidden. Any intruders beyond this point will be destroyed. What is this place? The legendary Silver Crystal brings with it calamity and misfortune. I recommend that you find it and destroy it as soon as possible, my prince. If that is your counsel, then that's what we'll do. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice... And we're back, and we just watched Sailor Moon Crystal. The episode, Sailor Mars. Gotta say, uh, uh, <laughs> anime to me is a bit perplexing, I gotta say. And this is right up there with the few anime I have watched. I'm just saying, in advance, I did not realize it was going to be this confusing to drop you into this show. Because I haven't watched the show in a little while. So I'm a big fan of it. Even picking up this episode, I was like, wait, wait, that's how that plot point goes? Oh, okay, I guess that's how that goes. This is the third episode, everyone, so it's not even the kickoff. So uh, <laughs> what we're going to get into, we open up with all of our bad guys. Uh, they're talking about uh, Jodette and uh, how he has failed. The other one wants to take a shot at the pretty guardians and uh, just pretty and beautiful that that, that phrase is going to come up a lot as we discuss this episode so he's not like an important character in this episode so you didn't mention him but what of the like other villains i believe that sounded like liam o'brien who i'm bringing up sonic in this for basically no reason but i've been watching videos of the game sonic forces lately and he's like the exact same voice as the villain in that game and it threw me <laughs> Well, they're talking, uh, they're going to put the Sailor Guardians uh, on the back burner because they're looking for the uh, legendary crystal. 
which is a stone that is the source of all energy and unfathomable, limitless power. It's a MacGuffin. It does MacGuffin things. And whoever has it is could be the ruler of the entire universe. I'm jumping way ahead by saying this, because there's like five seasons of this show, and all I can think of is like, if she got the crystal and tried to become the ruler of the universe, we know there's like four other big bads out there who are going to try to compete with her for it. If, if Beryl ever got this thing, she would have to throw down with Sailor Galaxia. And that is a reference you do not get. And, uh, but before they do that, they're going to eliminate the Sailor Guardians, or the Pretty Guardians, whichever you prefer. And then we go to Ray, who we later find out will be Sailor Mars. We, we do just cut to a, a fire. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at a fire. And she's saying how uh, she just senses that Evil is about to unleash chaos in the world. I mean, this is the third episode, so she, did she not notice them unleashing it in the first two? And we go to the opening credits, which <laughs> I'm a sucker for all anime-type music and credits. I always think they're they're just fun, and they're great to watch, and kind of gets you jazzed up, even if you have no idea uh, what's going on. The Sailor Moon Crystal opening theme song. I love that song so much. Like, rest of the episode is almost got kind of a mellow feel to it. And then this, like, music blasts you. And I'm just like, yes, this is so good. I love this song. Um, a lot of posing I noticed in these credits, which is also a theme later on as well. And spoiler alert for all you other, uh, you know, middle-aged men who are still watching cartoons. I don't think they're actually doing any sailing. Yeah, the name is a little weird. It's supposed to be based on the like style of uniforms they wear. If I recall, they're based on the outfits they wear when they transform are based on a type of school uniform in Japan that's commonly referred to as a sailor suit. So I, I guess that's where the name comes from. But if you, you don't know about that, it is a weird name. <laughs> and we got this opening scene where it's kind of bizarre how it's set up where there's uh, they're talking about the demon bus which is bus that runs in the neighborhood. It's believed to be cursed. And people that go on it, they, they disappear. Yeah, there's the, the, the nerd character. And you can tell because he's got humongous glasses just kind of pops up right in front of the screen to deliver some exposition. Yes, who <laughs> never shows up again. And then Luna, the talking cat, talks about how these, uh, these kids really like to gossip. Uh, but then she's got to wake up Sailor because she's asleep, who I didn't even realize till halfway through that... Uh, her name is Yusagi Tusakino, which is her actual secret identity. I didn't even realize they had secret identities until this happened. Okay, let, let me take that again for you. Yusagi Tsukino. There we go. Um, but she does wake her up. She wants to keep on sleeping, but then she finds out they're going to the arcade. And that gets her very excited. And uh, she meets... Um, the other girl at the arcade, which is uh, Sailor Mercury, I, I don't, I didn't catch her, uh, her secret identity. So maybe you can enlighten me on that one. Ami Mizuno. They talk about how the mission is to of the Sailor Guardians is to protect the crystal and protect the princess. Which I'm not sure who that is exactly, but <laughs> I'm sure that'll get revealed later on in the show. The princess, basically of the kingdom that Luna comes from, is missing. They gotta find her, but they don't know anything about her. And then, uh. Sailor Moon is uh, pretty excited about finding uh, that she gets to level two at whatever game she's playing. 
this arcade is like a part of the Sailor Moon lore that I don't fully understand. And I'll, I'll, I'll like delve into why in a little bit. After that, they're at the bus stop and she's kind of upset because Mercury's going to, is it cram school? Is that what they said? Yes. Mer- Mercury is like the, the smart girl who's taking all these advanced classes. So she's always studying and hardly has time for friends. And Sailor jokes about going with her, and she says she could because uh, there's a real uh, pretty girl there who wears a uniform from a TA girls' school. They really talk a lot this episode about how gorgeous Ray is. Like, that's an aspect of the episode I remembered, but I did not remember coming up so much. Like, it kept coming up. Like, every character, the cat, the villains... Everyone talks about how beautiful she is. Yeah, she's got really a something, uh, something about Mary thing going on here where uh, everybody who stumbles across her is, is really enamored with her. Usagi gets like roses and hearts appearing around Ray when she looks at her. It's like sparkly, fuzzy vision. They go uh, on the bus where they're a little worried it might be the demon bus. But yeah, she does get a, like you had said, gets a view of Ray and she's uh, quite enamored. But when she looks back, Ray, at her, it's like she has this vision of what looked like the Taj Mahal to me. I don't know if, uh, if that's what that's supposed to be. I do not know. And she does say how, uh, how pretty she is to the point where uh, Sailor Mercury has to tell her to stop staring. But then she's going to get off the bus. So even though it's not Sailor Moon's uh, stop, she's got to get off because she just can't let this girl out of her sight. I mean, she says something like she doesn't have anything else to do today, so like, I guess that's why she's just going for a walk after this girl. Yes, in fact, her exact quote was, I have nothing else going on, and she's just so beautiful. Well, I can't tell you, uh, before I was married, the amount of times I just got off at a bus because a hot girl was getting off at that exit. <laughs> well, you know, if you got like a free day, nothing else to do. So she, uh, she ends up can't finding her. She blames uh, Luna for losing her, but then she deduces she must have gone into that shrine, which seems like a, uh, you know, that's a healthy uh, conclusion to jump to, I think. I don't know what poor Luna did, but uh, we jump to Ray in the shrine who senses evil. And uh, she even thinks it might be coming from Sailor, which is just preposterous. Sailor Moon, I should Doesn't the sky like turn red and black in this sequence? (laughs) To let you know how really evil it is? And she throws that uh, like, her magic card piece of paper thing that i'm not even sure what is going on exactly but she throws that at her but uh, just kind of bounces off her head it's like a kind of talisman i think it's used in it's it's a japanese thing it's like used in rituals okay and she apologizes because she thought she had an evil aura. sailor moon doesn't care because she's just so beautiful Yusaki <laughs> is really caca over this girl uh, she got hit in the face with like a, a card thrown at her um, and uh, she thinks she might be a shrine maiden, which uh, apparently is a good thing. These three women show up. Uh, they're looking for a little girl who is missing. They're going to her because it's not only a dangerous neighborhood, but they know about the demon bus. I mean, yeah, it's a bad neighborhood. Sky's turning red. People are throwing paper in your face. It's very unpredictable. Now, she says that uh, she can normally sense supernatural. And there's an urban legend about a... Uh, a six mysterious invisible hill, which is the gateway for the demon bus. Yeah, there's like um, a point in the road where these five different paths meet. And yes, the rumor is that there's like an invisible sixth path that I guess takes you to hell. 
She explains to Sailor Moon that when someone disappears, they are spirited away. Any connection to that uh, that film, Spirited Away? I, I think it's just like a, a sort of like a saying or an idiom that in Japanese, because I feel like that phrase comes up a lot when you're in Japanese media when talking about like something supernatural happening to you. Uh, maybe it's just because it's a pun, you know, spirits. We cut to the school. Everyone's a buzz about the missing girls. Um, I noticed that Usaki's like the only blonde at this school. That, that is definitely true. I guess they had to make her look special because she's the main character. Talking about the cute matching bracelets they have. Uh, they discussed how, uh, with Luna that uh, Ray might be the missing princess, which... Which they aren't really basing off of anything as well, far no, as I can uh, tell. Sailor Moon says it's, she's definitely pretty enough. I mean, what else do you need to be the princess? I, I mean, yeah, gen- generally, that's kind of the image of a princess, but it's like, she's just some girl that you met. You don't really know anything about her, but she she could be from the moon. Let's not rule out that possibility. All I could think of was the Wizard of Oz when she says, are you a bad witch? And Glenda says, no, dear, only u- ugly witches are bad. The Sailor Moon art style is kind of that everyone's drawn very pretty. Like, all, all the villains are, like, these pretty boys in suits, and their boss is, like, this glamorous woman with big hair and a long dress. It's like, th- everybody's good-looking, so well, how do you tell the difference? So, Luna starts meowing, acting like a, a normal cat, which Sailor Moon can't figure out why. But then you realize that uh, there's a dude with glasses sitting next to her on the bus, and... uh acts i should say ass why she's talking to herself and this got the most shock reaction out of sailor moon i have ever seen in anything her mouth is like a gaping wide open like it's you again at this point i was extremely confused because i don't even know who the hell this guy is or why she's reacting in, in such a way so two thoughts number one is I think the implication is supposed to be that like normal people can't hear Luna. It's like because the girls are magic, they can hear the cat's voice. Everyone else just hears meowing. But I, I don't know how consistent this is. So this is just like the only scene where I noticed that seemed to come up. It's like the only scene where Luna's meowing and it's because there's this supposedly normal guy next to her. Number two, I basically the point of this scene is Yusagi's got a big crush on this guy sitting next to her on the bus i know they met in the first episode i don't know i mean the first episode if i recall they didn't get along like he made fun of her they were bickering so i don't know like if in the second episode they like transitioned and now she likes him or if she's just like i I don't know also crushing on him while simultaneously bickering with him or what their relationship is exactly now he asked her if she's in junior high most normal people would give an answer. Instead, this guy shoves his high school ID right in her face. He's like wearing a tuxedo and he like pulls his school ID out and like whips it out. Like, like it's a thing James Bond would do. And then she does this weird thing where she's hiding behind the cat and says how her heart's beating faster again. Uh, the implication, she's very confident when it comes to her girl crushes, but apparently her, her male crushes are just too overwhelming for her. She's, she's blessing and like I don't know why she's trying to hide under Luna. She's trying to like get Luna to talk to the guy instead of her. So we go back to Ray with the uh, the f- three ladies from earlier who are really demanding she find their daughter. 
what one of them mentions calling the police and I'm like, why, why didn't you do that? You guys are upset and you want to find these missing people. And instead you're yelling at this girl. Ray explains her powers don't work that way. And they're like, I thought you were psychic. Maybe you had something to do with this. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, I mean, she, she does talk to magic crows and the sky turns red when she's around, but then, I'm never like a bit confused. This was my favorite line in the entire episode. Sailor Moon says, how dare you accuse her? She is a beautiful girl. She would never do that. I can speak for experience. Beautiful women can do lots of terrible things. I mean, you saw he's supposed to be like 14-ish. She's probably got like, I don't know. Course, she's, not, she's not like a little kid, but she's like a young person. So she's like jumping to conclusions about pe- people who's good. Well, of course, th- this causes the mothers to now blame Sailor Moon that she must be involved with this as well. But when finally Ray just tells everyone, all right, it's, it's time to leave. <laughs> get, get the hell out. Get off my property. <laughs> yeah, get off my line pretty much. Uh, they call her. Uh, she doesn't know what it's like to be a outcast and a freak. Sailor Moon tells her it's going to be okay. She's going to help her out. Uh, but Ray tells her to stay away because something bad is about to happen. She doesn't know what, though. So this was kind of the point in the episode where I started to think, English dub voice actors are not, like, <laughs> great in this show. I don't think anyone's bad. But, like, Ray's voice in particular, when she's doing her little, like, monologue about how all my life I've had psychic powers and it makes everyone stay away from me. I'm just like, your, your voice actress is kind of just, like, talking in one tone of voice throughout this whole thing. And I think she raises her voice, like, once in the episode. I think some of it is a, it's a combo of... You're dubbing another language and it doesn't always translate uh, so well. And I'm assuming they crank these out quick because they have to get, you know, before it's getting on the internet, they want to get them out in the English dubs as fast as possible. I could be wrong about that. That's just an educated guess. And I don't know very much about voice acting, so I don't, I don't really know what the process that goes into these things is. I just... Well, normally with a movie, you're doing the voice acting while the animation is being done, and then they're adjusting animation based on you know some of the voice reading and changes. But this one, it's already all done. They just have to crank it out to match the script that's already out there. They can't make any changes, so they got to just crank it out fast to try and get it out there. Um, she has a vision of Sailor Moon with, uh, what was his name again? J- Jadette? Jadite. Jadite. Um, so then she runs to get on a bus, and who should be there but... It's this the bad guy. It's Jadeite. <laughs> With his green eyes, and he uses his powers to kind of like hypnotize her to go to sleep or something like that. He has the power to make the screen darken. <laughs> and now, as he's driving by, Sailor Moon just happens to look in the window and see her unconscious in the car and it going into a magic portal. So I guess this is the, uh, the demon bus after all. I'm not sure if this is like a thing that normal people can't see, and that's why there were rumors. Or if it's just like coincidence that no one was around when it went into a portal. Or maybe they were trying to be stealthy about it. Like, look out the window. Okay, no one's here. Now we can open the portal. Make fun of me all you want. I I don't deny I was confused from (laughs) opening credits to end credits. But this next scene, (laughs) she turns into a a flight attendant. What in the hell is going on? So, Sailor Moon has... A magic pen that creates disguises for her. 
but in most episodes, when she uses it, she has to like sneak into some place. Here, she just kind of does it in the middle of the street. And this is like an adaptation, so maybe in the manga, this is the scene was different. But usually it's like, in an episode, she has to sneak into Ami's school, so she disguises herself as the superintendent. And, but in, in this one, she's, she's just in the middle of the road and, and chasing bad guys on her own. She says it's her duty to in, ensure the safety of all of her passengers, no matter what. Maybe they have flight attendants and buses in Japan. I have no idea. But. I mean, they call her a flight attendant. She's not a bus attendant. She grabs the back of the bus as it disappears into the portal, and then Luna falls into the arms of uh, Tuxedo Mask. Is that his name? Yes, Tuxedo Mask here to make a cameo, pretty much. Usually he like helps them fight the bad guys, but he just kind of... She's just kind of here. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of weird. And then Luna just runs off. And I think that's the last we saw of him. So again, um, totally not the same guy from the bus, by the way. I, I he's wearing a tiny mask. <laughs> well, he's wearing a tuxedo. I mean, it's definitely a different guy. I think in the 90s anime, his mask was like a little bit like more of a mask here. It's just like an outline. So uh, we go into the other dimension where uh, Jadette explains that uh, he's going to leave the girls alive to dry out the Sailor Guardians, where you see there's a lot of people that have disappeared in the, that are in this other dimension. He's got like a pile of 17 kidnapped kids. And he says he's using them as hostages to, to lure the heroes in, but I feel like you just need one for that, buddy. Sailor's there she, from Sailor Moon. She's upset because she can't really reach uh, Luna on her communicator. You see that uh, Sailor Mercury and Luna are trying to find her on their laptop. I also noticed in this scene that when she's in her, her weird little flight attendant disguise, her hair just disappears. It's normally like very long, and here it's just like two little bits. So they apparently if she turns into Sailor Moon, they can track her easier. So they tell her to uh to the communicator to do that. Jumping in here again with, with two thoughts. N- number one, we we do just cut to uh, a laptop open with the little kitty cat tapping on the laptop keys, because <laughs> Luna's like like the mentor. She she knows all about the the magic stuff and the bad guy stuff. So so she's the one who's like inputting the stuff into the computer to, to find her, and I think it's adorable. It's a little computer cat. And she yells, "Moon Prism Power Makeup." Hell yeah. Which Mercury yells, Mercury power makeup. They transform into Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury. Now, I have two thoughts. Number one, the transformation scenes into the Sailor Moon is the best animation, I think, on the entire show. When, and Sailor Mars later on. Like, the animation, I think, is really solid. Yeah, when they, they, uh, they spent the budget on those. Yeah. They like got like a bump up in quality. And I always bring this up. You know, the, the mighty Morphin Power Rangers say it's Morphin time. He-Man says I have the power. Human Torch says flame on. If she doesn't say moon prism power makeup, does she not turn into Sailor Moon? Is it like Shazam where he has to say Shazam? I'm trying to think if there's any instances where they, they transform without saying it. Because I know there's a scene like like way, way later in the show where she's trying to transform and it doesn't work and she just keeps saying it a bunch of times, like over and over again, try to get it working. I was like, I, th- I think they have to say it. And they also uh, land in poses when they transform into Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury. Yes, they have the like moon and presumably the planet Mercury in the background behind them when they pose, which I thought looked very cool. And um, shockingly, the bad guy is uh, strangely attracted to Ray. Who would have thunk? I, I think 
that part at least is leading up to something. Like there's a a plot about him like knowing her from a past life and how they might have been in love and he's like get- getting his past life memories back if I remember the series correctly, but like he's the only one where it's like, oh, this means something. Everyone else is just really hot for this girl. Here comes Sailor who says, I am the pretty guardian in a sailor suit. Guardian of love and justice. And in the name of the moon, she's going to punish you. <laughs> in the name of the moon. I love it. Uh, <laughs> she's <laughs> Sailor Mercury says, uh, douse yourself in water and repent. <laughs> Which was very strange to me. They, they, they want to give each of them a unique little speech, but... <laughs> It's basically the same thing. It's, I'm going to kick your ass, but with some phrase that reflects my personality. So uh, she's the intelligent one, and she's peaceful. So she wants you to repent. He says that uh, he's he's been waiting for them. He's one of the four kings of the Dark Kingdom. I think this is like a weird translation thing, that he calls himself like, "We're, we're the four kings, because... Their actual job is like being soldiers who work for the queen of their kingdom. It's it, the, the kingdom's got one ruler and she outranks you four guys. A, a lot of introducing of themselves in uh, this scene. Everyone's done it. Mercury uses her aqua mist. She's going to try and get to Ray, but then it's cold because he has a freeze ray. I was a little confused momentarily about what Mercury's power did because she created a mist and then there's like a shot of him fading away and I'm like is he doing a stealth power or is that like supposed to show her power is affecting him somehow I'm not sure Uh, he tries to freeze Ray but that doesn't work he's going to freeze Ray with a freeze Ray So they think she might be one of them, so they give her the the magic pen and tell her to yell, Mars power makeup. And she does it and turns into Sailor Mars. Who has the coolest transformation sequence in this episode. It was pretty awesome. The animation here was really, really solid. I mean, both Mars and Mercury have like super cool transformation sequence to me because they have power over water and fire. So you see like streams of the element like wrap around their body and then transform into the new clothes. And it is a really neat effect. She immediately knows her catchphrase, even though she just found out she's Sailor Mars. Of love and passion. And I am one of Mars and I chastise you. It's just, it's just you really can't top punishing them in the name of the moon. It's like the best one. Sailor Moon got the best speech and everyone else has to like try to come up with one. And then Sailor Moon says, Moon Tierra Boomerang. Her tiara turns into this magic like energy thing that wraps around and holds them like it's in like it's ropes or something. This one bit I thought was like genuinely cool. Like we're kind of like this show's kind of cheesy and silly and we're laughing it up. But like earlier in the episode when she sensed evil, Ray like pulled out the magic card talisman and went to throw it at Sailor Moon. And here she like uses the same talisman because she's awakened her powers. It like creates this huge ring of fire as she says the same line about evil spirits be gone and just like blasts the villain with her fire powers using the same like trick and motion she was doing earlier in the episode. I thought that looked really cool and thought it was neat how they seeded it like that. 
Mars banishes him. Like I said, with the fire, gets rid of him. They save the day. I'm a little unclear on if she killed that guy. I, yeah, that was I, a little... I think he's in later episodes, but he just kind of gets consumed by fire, and then he's gone for this episode. Um, and then the three of them are talking. They've saved the little girl, so those three mothers can uh, get off her back. The three of them kind of walk off together, how they're going to uh, find the princess and save the legendary silver crystal. Then it ends with this little scene that I is I know it's setting up the next episode but it just kind of gets tacked on on the end where somebody seemingly very important gets off a plane and everyone's yelling at them about what they have in their box yes it's like all these reporters and security and I've noticed though with some of the anime I watch there's a lot of times an ending scene that is like out of nowhere that's you know supposed to set up for the next one but you're yeah, really it's, it's tune in next watch. time to find out who this person is. And there you have it. Sailor Moon, Crystal, Sailor Mars. <laughs> well, <laughs> quite an uh, interesting, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, we, well, you said you watched it for nostalgia reasons. Uh, did, uh, did you feel that it held up to the memories you had of it? Um, like I said, there's like bits in this episode that ca- really got me excited. Like I love the theme song. I love the transformation sequence. I think all the girls' powers look cool. So a lot of like like plot stuff, like the connecting tissue of the episode that links these cool bits together, it can get like weird, <laughs> especially since this is an early episode. So we don't know very much about the plot. We know they've got powers. They're looking for something important. But for now, it's just like, oh, bad guy showed up. Gotta fight them. Like day-to-day problem of the week stuff. Like I said, when they do those like flashy scenes, that just like synapses in my brain firing. And I'm like, yes, I love this song. I love this animation. Oh, Ray just did something really cool. Well, um, if you asked me a year ago when I started this podcast, if you said, hey, guess what you're going to do on your one year anniversary episode? I can honestly say uh, Sailor Moon wouldn't have been in the top 50 of my guesses. But it was definitely a... Definitely a hoot to sit down and watch it. I, I'm not sure. I know some people get a little mad about this, but I'm not sure I'm quite the target audience for this particular cartoon. I don't think it's really for me, per se. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a, a show for teenager and younger girls. I don't. Which I, I guess that means I'm not really in the in the, the age, target age group either. <laughs> But I'm not, uh, I've had very little exposure to anime and manga, so I mean, maybe this is the norm, maybe it's different. But on that note, we're going right over to our spectrometer. For our anniversary episode, if you have never seen it, the spectrometer where we rank what we saw, zero spectros being absolute garbage, four spectros being it doesn't get any better. Delaney, how are you going to rank? Sailor Moon Crystal. Sailor Mars. Hmm. I'm not sure if I want to say like two or three because like the plot is a little weird and confusing at times. I feel like like just the self-contained stuff of this episode of like the mysterious bus and people vanishing and we have to track down the villain that's doing it. That part like stands on its own fairly fine. The I did not realize how much this show that if you don't watch like every episode in order, they just throw concepts at you 
And like they they kind of explain like, oh, here's here's the crystal. It's important. We got to find it. Bad guys also racing to find it. I'm going to go two and a half. Um, I can't say I didn't enjoy any of it. I, I find some of it quite downright hilarious. And enjoyed it. It's very wacky. <laughs> Uh, some of the animation is great, especially like I said, when they transform into Sailor Moon and Sailor Mars, that animation was stupendous. Um, I guess I would, <laughs> the reason I would only give it two and a half is I'm, I'm not huge on anime. It, it's, I found it very confusing and I don't want to harp on it, but I, I, I just don't think <laughs> Sailor Moon Crystal is really aimed at myself i don't think i'm the target audience which there's nothing wrong with that so i I wouldn't say it was bad probably not for me so i'll just go two and a half i will agree and say two and a half as well there are probably episodes of this show later on that are better where they get into more of the like epic cosmic stuff um like i said i think the voice actors are just okay nobody was like really bad like the three main girls kind of had their moments of being like, Yusagi's very chirpy and cheerful, and that can get a bit grating. And Ami sounds like she's like whispering a lot. It's like she's she's the shy girl, but it makes her voice sound weird. There was one bit where I thought Yusagi's voice actor was very good, was when she, she's Sailor Moon and Ray recognizes her and she's just like freaking out like, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Sailor Moon. I'm not Yusagi. She's Yusagi. I'm Sailor Moon. I'm not her. I mean, she's not me. <laughs> and then when like they find out that they get into this whole like fight with the villain and Usagi's like, I-, I have to be the one to do this because I have the magic powers and normal people can't handle it. I'm, li- I'm like a hero. It's complicated. There's like responsibility and love and justice and power stuff. And she's just like freaking out and going off. And I thought it was hilarious. And we always ask the question in 2022, a child comes across Sailor Moon Crystal. Are they going to enjoy it? I think they would probably be confused. Like, uh, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of this show, and it's like, I probably sh- maybe should have started us off with a different episode. It's like, I picked this one just because, like, when I was watching Crystal when it first came out, like, watching episodes as they came out, I remember thinking this one was really good, I thought Ray was really cool, I thought they did her introduction well, so I was like, okay, I'll pick an episode I thought was good, and see if I still think it's good. It's like, I think it's, I think it's all right. It's very confusing, though. I'm, I'm sorry for, like, dropping you into the deep end. Well, my uh, daughter, who's two and a half, uh, she was kind of mesmerized by it, but I think that's the flashing lights, the the colorful costumes, all the thing going on. I think uh, I think younger kids will like it because they're not going to try and follow it. So I, I think it's, like, flashy enough that they will, they will enjoy yeah. it. The theme song and, like, the transformation sequence we talked about, they're very, very nice, like, upbeat, fast-paced bits of animation. I don't know if... Like if it's like a real little kid, I think like the like normal day like life stuff, like when she's going to school and all that might just like bore them. They're like, what's going on? Get to like the cool bits. Um, I think like an like an older kid would probably would would probably want to start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I have to say about that. Well, what did you think out there? Did you like it more? Did you like it less? If you liked it less than us, great. We can't take that away from you. If you liked it more, great. <laughs> We're no judgment here if, uh, on what you take. We're just two people giving our two cents. Uh, but if uh, you want to tell us what you think, I appreciate You can go to my social media. You can go to, find me at Twitter at Matt Spectro. Follow me while you're there. You can find me on Facebook at Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Give me a like as well. Um, 
It's been a real hoot. It's been one fun year doing Match Spectro through the multiverse, and I really appreciate everybody who is, even if you've only listened to one episode, I really appreciate it. I'm going to keep going, and as long as I'm enjoying myself and having fun, I'm going to keep going. Delaney, I want to thank you for joining us, for being my most popular guest, and coming back for the year anniversary episode. Well, I, I hope I lived up to the standards set by my first episode, that I haven't jumped the shark and made a, a sequel <laughs> that can't live up to the original now, I always give people the floor to plug anything that they like. You mentioned a blog earlier. If the floor is yours, if you want to plug anything, now's the time. Uh, I do have a blog on Tumblr. My URL is Lon Lonnie Ranch, L-O-N hyphen L-O-N-N-I-E hyphen ranch, the word ranch, like a farm. It's a combination of my nickname, Lonnie, and Lon Lon Ranch from Zelda. I don't actually post that much about Zelda. I just think it's a cute name. Um, sometimes I post about video games. Most of the time I don't do anything with it. And uh, I also want to thank, uh, you might have noticed we had a third guest. Uh, my son, Axel, you might have heard in the background. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I want to thank him for joining us as well. Hopefully you didn't catch him, but in case you did, he was just very upset. Uh, I don't think he liked the accusation that uh, Ray might have had something to do with the disappearance of that child. Well, I want to thank everyone. It's been one hell of a year. I want to thank everybody who's ever been on my show, anybody who's ever listened. I want to thank you for listening now. Hopefully, you'll uh, keep on doing it. If you could smash the subscribe button, I'd really appreciate it. If you can go to my, uh, give me a five-star review, that'd be great as well. Go to any of my social media. Give me your two cents. If you want to be on the show, definitely reach out to me. I would always looking for new people to come on the show. I'm humbled that this is lasting. I'm humbled that anybody out there has ever listened, period. Delaney, I want to thank you for joining us for the year anniversary episode. Hey, um, glad to be on. Glad to be here. Really impressed that the, the show's going so well and so strong for you. I had a lot of fun just talking about how goofy the show can be. I could, I'll just, uh, you know, throw it out now. There's a Sailor Moon stage play musical where she fights Dracula. <laughs> and I want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been one hell of a year. I can't say enough how much I appreciate everybody out there. Join us again next week for year two of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Douse yourself in water and repent. <laughs> <laughs>